and welcome to the Tim and John show. Before we get going, I do want to point out that yesterday, December 7th, was the one-year anniversary of the passing of Brandy Vaughn. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, I am wearing a Learn the Risk shirt in honor of her. I'd encourage everyone to check out learntherisk.org to help kickstart your own grassroots activism and to help keep her organization alive. Uh, for those of you that don't know, last uh, actually, it was actually last Black Friday, I was talking with her about interviewing her in uh, early December. And unfortunately, before that interview uh, you know, could be done, uh, she was more than likely, in my opinion, suicided, probably by poison. Now, that's not obviously what the official uh, report is, but, you know, for anyone that's paying attention to this, uh, you know, that is my own theory, but I would uh, encourage you guys to head to learntherisk.org to learn more. And again, you can do your own, you know, vaccine activism to make it real easy to do. Uh, but anyways, getting into the show today, John and I are going to do something a little bit different. John and I are usually we're breaking down, uh, you know, everything financial, economics, Bitcoin, the apocalypse, the last two years. You know, we've obviously been pretty consumed by the whole pandemic and then, you know, obviously exposing vaccines. And, you know, one of the things that I haven't talked about uh, pretty much at all, and I'm sort of embarrassed to say that I've done, you know, probably over the years, uh, you know, through guest spots and other my own shows, probably like six, seven hundred episodes. And this has been an issue that, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, is very important, but it's just something we've uh, glossed over. But how I got into really everything is, you know, first I woke up and a lot of you have your own like one issue that you woke up to. And for me, it was the Federal Reserve went down that rabbit hole. You know, it wasn't very long until I started looking into, you know, all aspects of globalism and false flags and fluoride in the water and vaccines and GMO foods and social credit scores and the whole climate change agenda. And then one of the things I stumbled upon about a decade ago was geoengineering or chemtrails. And I will say it is, you know, one thing to be skeptical about geoengineering or chemtrails when you hear, you know, some random guy from the internet talking about this as, you know, myself or, you know, any of us here. But you know, what I would say is before you try to dismiss this and say it's BS, you know, I would say, you know, go do your own research, try to prove us wrong. But, you know, some of the things you want to do is you want to go to watch uh, the documentary Franken Skies, maybe watch documentaries, what in the world are they spraying? Why in the world are they spraying? Uh, maybe watch press conferences with people like Bill Gates, Minions, David Keith. And then, you know, then you can reassess your, uh, you know, basically reality of the situation. And today we are here to talk about geoengineering. We have special guest Matt Landman. Matt is the producer of Frankenskies, which is a documentary about geoengineering. And I did mention that the last guest we scheduled in November ended up uh, more likely was suicided. So I am glad that Matt is here today, uh, you know, Lord willing. And, you know, thank you, Matt, for uh, first off, for making Frankenskies and for being on the show today. But and I wanted to know, like, how did you get into this? Uh, what sort of got you down uh, the rabbit holes to begin with? Did it start off with geoengineering? Did it start off with something else? And then, um, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Well, um, you'll have to pull the mic out of my hands because I'll, I'll probably go on a little tangent from that one. But I'll, I, thank you so much for having me on. And you all are great. And I grew up in Northern Virginia. I went to Virginia Tech to go to uh, university. But I took one semester off and went to school in DC area. And that was when 9-11 happened. And my girlfriend at the time was going to Pace University, which is right next to the Twin Towers. What were the Twin Towers? So. I was all up in that. I was calling her all day, the planes that took off and supposedly crashed in the Pentagon and, and, and in Pennsylvania, which there's no evidence of planes at both locations. Those planes took off uh, about 10 miles from my house at Dulles Airport full of passengers. I was used to air traffic. They suspended the air traffic over my home and it was, I was in it. So then a couple of years later, <clears throat> 
this is the power of the seed and the power of documentary filmmaking and whatnot. A friend told me I had to watch, this is a coworker at a restaurant because I've worked so many different jobs, about 45 jobs I've had. And this server job I had, he said, you've got to watch this. And he made me watch Loose Change, the first version of it um, by Dylan Avery. And it was jaw dropping, like, oh my God, the government did 9-11, you know? And then I watched Zeitgeist shortly thereafter. And that got me really thinking. I was already as a kid, like didn't like authority. You know, I got in a little trouble growing up just a little bit, but like, I didn't like, you know, the, the system and all that jazz or money or any of that stuff. I, I knew it was all kind of corrupted from the get go, but never did I really, really know. And so that's what got my foot or my head in the rabbit hole or whatever you want to call it. But then it took quite some time. I went, um, I moved to California back and forth, traveled a lot, ended up wanting to go back to school because I always wanted to get a film degree and I couldn't in Virginia. So I got a bachelor's of science and marketing management. But then inevitably I went to Cal State Humboldt in Northern California, went to grad school, got a master's in business administration, graduated top of my class with an MBA. And while I was there, I was able to get a film degree. Basically, I took all the film classes that I ever wanted and studied 16 millimeter film. And when I got out of school, I was a finance analyst and that sucked. And then I worked for a nonprofit and that sucked. And finally, I worked on this farm, an organic farm in very rural Northern California. It was actually, I could hear the waves crashing where I was. So it was on the coast, very rural, beautiful agriculture community. And there I basically woke up to weather engineering and I woke up to the fact that I knew nothing. So I graduated top of my class, thought I knew everything, thought I was, you know, super smart dude. And you know how your ego goes like, in your 20s, you start to realize you don't know much. When you turn 30, you're like, I know it all. When you get into your mid-30s, you realize you know nothing. <clears throat> That's how mine went, at least. And my first day on the farm, I learned that potatoes grow potatoes. And I say this on a lot of shows, and I sound like a broken record a little bit. And some people are like, huh? And some people are like, really? And seriously, I grew up in, they said it was the best public education county in the school or whatever. And I read all those books, and no one ever told me that potatoes were trying to grow in my cabinet. Nobody told me just to throw them out in the dirt and I would have abundance. You know, I never learned about varieties. I thought there were four types of apples or something, one type of lemon, you know, one type of orange. There's thousands and thousands of types of apples. There's so much abundance. They don't want us to know this. So on the farm, I got grounded and I got connected to the earth and the sky. And I started to see things a little differently, but it took a phone call to my buddy back home. I just gotten out of college a little bit ago and I was still in the college community slash um, farm community and I'm venting to my buddy about how I think I'm awake right and I'm not at the time I didn't even know about um, the medical mafia and what have you much at that time either and my friend says yeah well they don't know about 9-11 they're, they're young they're kids and all this you know and I'm like well they should do some research and everyone just says well I see both sides when I do research and how am I to pick a side I'm, I wasn't even born then or whatever or I was five years old then you know, my friend says, well, what about chemtrails? That's right in everyone's face. And I'm like, what's that? And he laughed at me. He said, you showed me those movies, Loose Change and all that and, and Zeitgeist and you don't know about chemtrails, Matt, go home and Google it. And so I went and I looked it up and come to find out I had witnessed it firsthand. <clears throat> Didn't know what I was seeing, had no reference point. And that's the power of the seed is giving people a place to you know, start like a documentary or something like that. And once I started seeing the photos on the internet, I realized I had just witnessed a huge storm being quelled. There was a massive storm coming in. 
off of the coast. And I'll pass the mic in just one second. And there was a big black storm cloud coming in. We had had a drought for five years in California. It was engineered, I didn't know at the time. And as this big storm came in and there was supposed to be one week of rain, all these planes showed up, an irregular abnormal occurrence of you know, a, an uptick of air traffic, very sparse air traffic where I worked, I'd see a, one plane a day. And that plane wouldn't have a line coming out of the back. All these planes showed up on the edge of the storm and were leaving the lines out of the back of the jets, you know, uh, chemtrails, persistent linear cirrus cloud formation. Okay. And as they left their haze, the storm came in and it didn't drop any rain. I thought I was going to get dumped on. I was wearing my rain boots, raincoat. I was harvesting pumpkins so they wouldn't rot in the field. And literally, I witnessed something. I kind of shelved the memory. And then shortly thereafter, I realized what the heck it was. And so I kind of went on the warpath because I was, my ego was hurt because nobody knew about it. So I started trying to give presentations, bringing it to the community. Everybody I talked to about it didn't know what I was talking about or thought I was a crazy person. They either had no reference point or they had a reference point, which was you're a conspiratorial idiot and that's not true, right? So then that gave me a little bit of fuel, but eventually I kind of got no traction and gave up. And I started like kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt, like maybe they're doing something good, who knows? Fast forward like years later, four years later, I started to really come to terms with there's good and evil on earth. And then I realized the chemtrails were evil and no one was really doing a good enough job about it. And I devoted my life to it. So here we are. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite, uh, quite the little story there, you know, uh, and especially like seeing something like that firsthand, it's, it's quite, uh, quite the eye opener for people. Uh, it's, you know, like seeing, you know, any kind of crime or anything just right up in your face and you'd be like, Hey, what the hell is going on here? You know? Yeah. And people like those kind of moments are, are the moments that you really, you really wake up because it's, it's right in your face. You know, me and Tim, we follow the, uh, the, the banksters and all the criminals there. And we actually watch their crimes and we look at what they're doing and how they're manipulating things right in front of our eyes. And when you don't see that, you know, you, uh, and people, you know, how many people walk around and actually like even care to look up at the sky anymore? Uh, there, there's <laughs> very uh, way less of, of those as well. Like I, you know, I live in on the prairies, so we have like an astonishing amount of sky. Like if you walk out where there's no trees, it's like, you know, miles upon miles of just skies, right? So you can see a lot. And, and you know, I, I paid attention here too. I have a couple of friends that are farmers around here. And they, you know, like they keep an eye on uh, on what's going on and then look at apps, you know, like is these planes actually like, what, what the hell are they doing? And you see the, like actually like trail, you know, coming and then it just lays out a, as a thin haze kind of thing, as you, as you said. So like, yeah, it's, it's definitely something going on. And when you do a little bit of research on it, you know, Tim, I looked at like cloud seeding, you know, how they work at, you know, making stuff rain, you know, you were talking about like not raining. But they can, you know, they can manipulate, you know, the uh, the can like whatever is in these clouds with chemicals and, and a whole wide array of things. And uh, they don't want to tell you <laughs> what's going on. And what's, what's crazy is there's like there's so much evidence of this. I mean, basically, Frankenskies is nothing but a, uh, you know, an entire just an amalgamation of all the of all the evidence of them talking about it in their own words of video clips put together. So definitely recommend people check that out along with the first one I saw was, you know, this is probably back in like 2010, 11 was uh, what in the world are they spraying? And when, then whenever, why in the world are they spraying came out, watch that one too. 
And when I moved to Arizona in 2011, I was, you know, training for marathons, training for Ironman triathlon. So, I mean, for those who don't know, don't know, it's super freaking hot in Arizona. So if you want to start training for, uh, you know, Ironman triathlons, you've got to wake up super early. So I would be up at four in the morning and then see, you know, the sun coming up and see, you know, clear, beautiful, uh, you know, blue sky. And then all of a sudden, like I would see planes and by noon, yeah, because I was like working out for like six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day, sometimes like on the weekends, not like every day, obviously. And all of a sudden, like by noon, like the entire sky would just be like filled with these fake, uh, you know, chemtrail geoengineered clouds. But the thing is, it's like always like right in your face. And like, just like John and I mainly expose, you know, things like the Federal Reserve. I mean, it's right on your face. It's, I mean, it's right in front of your face on the dollar says Federal Reserve. No, I mean, everyone, it's right there. I mean, and obviously lots of other, you know, like all seeing eyes and pyramids and other, you know, Illuminati stuff that's right in front of your eyes too. But, it, but most people just don't ever actually go and take the time to actually go look up or, you know, previous to that, I was living in a very, very cloudy place in upstate New York. So, you know, I didn't really get to, you know, they could have been doing all this stuff and it was so cloudy that it was very hard to notice that but it was only once i was out there and, and let's remind people in 2011 it was a conspiracy theory that the u.s had a drone program so let's just like back <laughs> things up that it was still a tinfoil hat theory that the and, and i don't even remember when that was even like officially declassified but i mean everybody knew it by the time and speaking of you know and there's so much how like the financial system ties into this but first i want to go to a clip of the former uh, communist intelligence agency had john brennan where you have him talking about geoengineering like it's nothing so for those i mean so that is the uh you know the central intelligence agency had so here we go just one second here another example is the array of technologies often referred to collectively as geoengineering that potentially could help reverse the warming effects of global climate change one that has gained my personal attention is stratospheric aerosol injection or sai a method of seeding the stratosphere with particles that can help reflect the sun's heat in much the same way that volcanic eruptions do. An SAI program could limit global temperature increases, reducing some risks associated with higher temperatures and providing the world economy additional time to transition from fossil fuels. This process is also relatively inexpensive. The National Research Council estimates that a fully deployed SAI program would cost about $10 billion yearly. As promising as it may be, moving forward on SAI would also raise a number of challenges for our government and for the international community. On the technical side, greenhouse gas emission reductions would still have to accompany SAI to address other climate change effects, such as ocean acidification, because SAI alone would not remove greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. On the geopolitical side, the technology's potential to alter weather patterns and benefit certain regions of the world at the expense of other regions could trigger sharp opposition by some nations. Others might seize on SAI's benefits and back away from their commitment to carbon dioxide reductions. And as with other breakthrough technologies, global norms and standards are lacking to guide the deployment and implementation of SAI and other geoengineering initiatives. Now I could go on and on and on and on about the things that fascinate me. Yeah, he can probably go on and on and on about all this stuff. And what I'm yeah. wondering is, and, and actually, what is actually going on. Yeah, Matt had mentioned uh, uh, Dulles Airport. Well, that was named after Alan Dulles, who was like the creator of the CIA, but he also 
was the guy that was instrumental in getting the Bank of International Settlements form, which is actually the bank that sits above the Federal Reserve uh, in Basel, Switzerland, which is its own uh, country, for those of you who don't know, like sort of like the Vatican. And that's a whole nother subject. And then behind John Brennan, you'll notice that it says Council on Foreign Relations. Now, John and I, for those of you who don't know, we have done a whole show with, with Richard Grove, where we talked a lot about the Council on Foreign Relations, because uh, you know that that is strategic, very uh, instrumental, and that actually ties back to the Federal Reserve as well, and the people that you know helped, uh, like like uh, Cecil Rhodes, who helped form. I mean, that's a whole nother. We can go on and on, and on about that, but I don't want to. But anyways, go back to that episode if you guys want to know more about the Council on Foreign Relations. But I guess one of the questions I would have is. Like, obviously, there's a big financial component to this where, you know, this isn't not, they're not really making much money off of this because these programs in the grand scheme of things don't really cost that much money, uh, you know, compared to other government programs. But then obviously the big the main way they're going to make a bunch of money and, and really they want control is they want to, you know, the whole green agenda and climate change agenda and global warming agenda was obviously eventually to get like a carbon tax and, you know, merge that with, you know, an app on your phone, which is going to be like the health, you know, vaccine passports, and then eventually tie that into, uh, you know, social engineering. And, and, uh, but what I'm wondering is why do they have to do this portion of it is like, what's the agenda behind actually spraying stuff? Because obviously these guys at the higher level know, like they know it's all bullshit and that there there's a, another agenda to control people, but what, why do they need to, uh, why do they need to have the chemtrails out there? Is it just like to, to look like they're actually doing something to quote unquote help? Or what is like, what would, and through all your research is like the reasoning for why they need to do this? Because obviously it's, it's not because they care about the environment. The why. So the why is a great question. Um, anyone who's down this path wants to know the who, what, why, where, when, and how of chemtrails so that they can sink their teeth into it, digest it, and then convey the message to, to their friends, families, and peers. So the why gets deep and it depends on who you're talking to because you meet, as an activist, you wear many hats, right? Edward Bernays said, trust the specialist. Well, we need to do the opposite and actually think for ourselves on a lot of topics. And one of them is this, it's, it's, it's the truth, you know? And in chemtrails and all of these things, we have to wrap our heads around these and think for ourselves. We can't pass the buck to the meteorologist and all that sort of thing. So if I was talking to someone that I knew very well, maybe you guys, I'd say it's a spiritual battle. I mean, they're disconnecting us from the sun so they can buy some time so that we don't have our evolution of sorts towards utopia or awareness or truth or ascension or whatever it may be. They're trying to cut us off from our source, call it vitamin D, you know, but I think it's more <laughs> spiritual and I think we're light beings and there's download codes and they're trying to slow down our evolution to ultimately really dim the sun when we all consent to it through this engineered consent, manufactured consent. And ultimate, the ultimate game is to erect all the 5G towers, metallicize the sky and the air to have it more conductive and with the jab along with the 5g a transhumanism agenda becomes the i mean it's spiritual battle with a transhumanism agenda world war three is a spiritual battle that began on 9 11 in my opinion and it's it gets really deep you know and i think they're, they're buying themselves time and they're really going to disconnect us and try to steer us into some weird dystopia where people think that they can transfer their consciousness into you know cyborgs and all this stuff so to back up a little bit and then we can keep going on the why the money and you know, Bill Gates is gobbling up far farmland and Bill Gates is behind him in the sun. You better believe his farmland is going to get sunlight. So then it's just like greed in that, in that instance and money and power, you know, and they always want to consolidate 
money, power, Georgia Guidestones, depopulation, all sorts of things. So <clears throat> it's awesome. Both of you are in great locations to wake up from chemtrails. Um, I lived in Arizona and those beautiful blue skies in the desert and the contrast when they do spray, which they spray a lot, yes, but they're, it's obvious when they do what they do. There you go, Bill Gates. That's, a, that's um, an older article and they've been at it for a while. The, and then also um, in, with the big sky in the um, plains near Manitoba, that's a great opportunity to wake up to. So you to see these big skies and to be able to watch the sky. And you mentioned, you know, all you have to do is look up. I've seen these kids get out of high school nowadays with masks on, on their phones. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not looking up at all and they're cutting off their senses and soon they'll be, coming, they'll be coming out with VR headsets on, you know, and that's a whole another Ready Player One agenda where the dystopian future the headsets have a better reality so they go in there and they can interact with their friends without will there be chemtrails in the metaverse no (laughs) (laughs) probably not there's a snapchat filter no joke there's a snapchat filter where you look at some crappy chemtrails take the photo and make them fluffy clouds so it'll be something like that like augmented reality where you look at the chemtrail sky and you see fluffy clouds and smiling sunshine um, you mentioned, um, and rest in peace, all the activists out there that have given their life to this. I mean, we don't realize we haven't labeled GMO food because activists gave their lives. You know what I mean? It's unreal. And so on the same tip of, of saying rest in peace to the woman who died for the jabs, um, Michael J. Murphy, who produced What in the World Are They Spraying and Why in the World Are They Spraying? He made those two movies and he recently died. And one could argue he was suicide. He kind of, he lost his marbles, but I think he was electronically attacked and harassed and ultimately um he ultimately passed away recently but i think that he too was um attacked i don't know exactly how people become vulnerable enough to 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 get there i think it's everything's frequency okay so the why ultimately it's control over us and um well it's really fascinating so you you show that john brennan and the stratospheric aerosol injections the sai there's a lot of other programs as well. You know, he mentions one, and that's right in your face, disclosure, hidden in plain sight, ongoing programs spraying the skies for something that's not even real, global warming, right? And they, you know, that's how they get away with it by saying they're doing something good. You know, they're sidestepping actually decades of treason by saying, oh no, we're actually doing something for the good. They didn't even know global warming was something when they started spraying. Come on, they're saying we're going into ice age when they started spraying. And really, if you know about the spray and them elevating these chemicals in the atmosphere, they are creating a greenhouse effect. When they make heat waves, it's from the spraying. When they cause drought, it's from the spraying. When they zap the atmosphere with heart-based stations, antenna arrays, Tesla tech, and they're intersecting microwaves, basically microwave in the sky. The same tech as a microwave where you have intersecting radio waves hitting the food. They're picking a focal point in the atmosphere, spraying chemtrails and metallics, mixing those metal hazes and then zapping the sky to near the temperature of the sun. There's your global warming, people. And what's crazy is there's all these other programs ongoing. CARE, C-A-R-E. So you've got SAI, Stratospheric Aerosol Injection, where there's a lot of other acronyms. There's CARE, C-A-R-E. And really, they don't care. It's out of NASA. NASA, they're a bunch of liars. They have a budget of over $50 million per day. Okay, I don't trust anything that they do or say. And they have a chemtrail program where they actually publicly have a fleet of drones and planes and they spray barium, aluminum, and strontium. They make, quote, noctilucent clouds, experimental clouds. They, quote, use the atmosphere as a laboratory. And they do it all in plain sight. They say, oh yeah, we're testing global warming. This and this, we're trying to see what we can do, buddy, buddy. 
But at the end of the day, they have a program where they're doing what we say is a what some say is a crazy conspiracy, and they have a program that's been ongoing. Along with that, there's other programs. I, just to direct, yeah. like I, I've seen a machine uh, that is like a uh, it actually creates clouds, like it's a weather, like a cloud machine they call it. Like there's several of them around the world right now that are sitting around as well. That just came to my mind because uh, I remember seeing that video as well. And a lot of people don't know that the number one greenhouse gas, number one greenhouse gas is water vapor. So you've got yep, cloud right. making exactly. machines, you've got cloud making machines mm -hmm. and nuclear power plants. I mean, nuclear power plants in and of itself, they split the atom and then dump water on it to spin turbines and they've got steam coming out. And this steam is not scrutinized or regulated. And it's part of the whole hydrological system that the US Air Force and the powers that be manipulate. So a couple other programs really quick. There's SRMGI, Stratospheric um, Solar Radiation Management, SRM, and then SRMGI is Solar Radiation Management Governance Initiative. So you can go to srmgi.com or .gov and see the governance initiative mm -hmm. behind radiation management. They call the sun radiation. They don't call the cell towers radiation, they call it EMF, fancy word. Those cell towers give you cancer. The sun is, does not, it's been demonized. They say we need to dim it. And then lastly, which is really important, the Tropospheric Aerosol Program, TAP. That's out of the Department of Energy. And it explains so much. And they have a budget of $5 million on risk um, aversion, not getting exposed. And they released this program, Hidden in Plain Sight, in 2001, right before 9-11, the biggest distraction we've ever seen. And in the Tropospheric Aerosol Program from the Department of Energy, the DOE, okay, this is dirty energy, they create a full-on aerosol brain program, helicopters, drones, ground-based stations, all of this stuff, budgets extrapolated for years. And somehow they are the climate change deniers, anti-global warming people, they're the anti-global warmists. And also because of that, because they say there's no global warming, they are in this polarized argument, dualistic argument, just like everything everywhere all the time here and on earth, how we've been, we, we get split and divided. And on each side, it's, it's supposed to be polarized and opposites, but somehow they become two sides of lies. So on this side of the geoengineering argument, the taking away of our sun, the children not having a sun, I mean, let's think about this. There is one side, which is Bill Gates saying, oh, we need to dim the sun. And the other side, the anti-geoengineering side is Chevron, Mobile, Exxon, Dirty Energy, okay? And then behind our backs, they have a chemtrail program and they're spraying. So they have a geoengineering program. They say, no, no, we don't need to geoengineer. Please, we're the opposite of geoengineering. And then Greta and this controlled opposition is on the flip side holding protests and asking for it. And now they're having this experiment out of Sweden that I protested in Tucson, put on hiatus a few years ago. And I don't know if you heard about that one, Tim. I had a conference, a big conference in Tucson, and there's supposed to be this Bill Gates experiment to dim the sun down there with David Heath and, um, and three years ago. And we put it on hiatus. We had a protest on Mother's Day for Mother's Earth, Mother Earth, a concert and a conference. And the whole city and region didn't know that chemtrails were real, but knew that there's gonna be this experiment over to dim the sun and spray aluminum. So they put it on hiatus, but now it's coming up in Sweden. And the world of the radical left seems to the liberal, or I don't like to polarize any of it. There's a whole bunch of people who think that we need to dim the sun to save us from global warming. And they don't even know what they're asking for. You know, they're asking for climate action. They don't even realize what it is. It's, it's unreal. <laughs>
There's just so many layers to all this. And one weird thing that just happened, uh, it just logged me out of my own Zoom account. And then I was in as like a guest. And then I had to log back into the own meeting that I just created. And I have never had that happen before. So maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe they don't like the word <laughs> suicided or all the other shit that we were just talking about. But I just, yeah, I just got logged out of my own, I just got logged out of my own Zoom meeting <laughs> saying that another person was in my Zoom meeting. So and I've got no other device that's logged into Zoom right now. Anyways, sure, that's probably just a... Uh, well, uh, well, Tim, let, let me put it this way. I have a friend of mine that's a former World Bank uh, guy, and he refuses to do any interviews on Zoom. <laughs> um, I'll interject. I'll interject that I had a Skype interview going recently, and I was slamming Bill Gates. And like the third time I said Bill Gates, it just... Skype which is like and come on I mean he owns he owns Skype it's just like I, you can't really <laughs> think that you can get away with too much of that right yeah and uh, I'm sure Bill Gates isn't a fan of me either because I uh it was this was what was it last uh last Easter weekend you had for those you know like there's Marina Abranovich and she was a spirit cooking lady that was in the Podesta emails and they actually had a like a three-minute Microsoft ad glorifying deifying her as like the greatest you know, living performance artists and how they're getting together with Sotheby's to create this virtual auction on Easter weekend. And, uh, and I did a video with Luke Radowski because I called him up. I'm like, hey, this is crazy. Like Microsoft is putting this out on Easter weekend. And actually I had it on my computer and then he, then he had it, Luke had it on his computer. Then he went and refreshed it and then it had been taken off, but I hadn't refreshed mine yet. So uh, we were like the only people that got this video and ended up getting like 90,000 views in one day and then ended up uh, like yeah. being frozen there. Well, well, so yeah, there is a lot of weird things going on. Like, for example, I, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. And, and one guy that commented on my LinkedIn, I'm just going to look at is like, he totally agreed with that, you know, the US is going down with currency and everything. And, uh, but I go and look at his profile, Tim, and he literally has a book that he's written about uh, the mechanics of the universe. I think it's something called, and it's like 666 underneath it. And that just like... <laughs> And Gates has got his new like cryptocurrency patent that's going to like, give you crypto as you walk around and do little menial tasks at 666. And, and you had brought up uh, transhumanism and that's a subject that we've covered before in the past because there's so many different layers to all this stuff. There's even so many different layers to the, the whole climate change agenda and the whole uh, global warming agenda. And it's just like you just have to like just unpack it. So for someone that's hearing about this for the first time, it probably does seem overwhelming. But you had mentioned yeah. David Keith. Uh, David Keith is sort of like Bill Gates, you know, main minion, you know, I know that, you know, even going, I remember seeing articles, you know, way back where he's talking about, you know, having these programs in New Mexico to dim the sky. And so I'm going to share a, uh, a video where David Keith is, and this is from the movie, I believe it's what in the world of the spring, I can't remember if it was what in the world or why in the world, but anyways, recommend all three of those documentaries, uh, including obviously Franken Skies as well. So here's David Keith again, this is Bill Gates, right hand man. And they're talking about how they basically haven't released any of the results or haven't studied the results of what, you know, spraying all this crap into the atmosphere does to humans. Experts who do uh, epidemiological research on human health impacts, and it's not even close to being an issue. That's probably hard for you guys to hear. It says, let, so let me clarify. So, me, so everyone listening at home. So 10 megatons of aluminum dumped into the atmosphere would have no human health impacts. So, so let me be more careful here. We're to separate out the toxicological. So the alumina, we've only begun to research and published nothing. Oh, only begun to discuss what aluminum does to people, and then just like they, just like uh, you know, Robert Gallows, uh, the right hand man of uh, Fauci, just researched uh, you know how to create a uh, worse coronavirus. 
Yeah, and, and the thing is, I mean, I'm glad that you brought up the 5G and all this as well, because that was one of the yeah. questions I had, because it just seems like they're... And when I first started waking up to all this stuff, I was probably more... I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say atheist. I mean, probably more agnostic to the whole thing of... Uh, I didn't want to, you know, pretend that I had all the answers. I thought it was sort of stupid that, you know, you've got 7 billion people and everyone has a different religion and everyone's fighting each other over it. It doesn't seem like very, you know, what religious people would be doing if they actually were, you know, studying their books that have obviously been changed, you know, probably numerous times throughout history. And, uh, but then once I started waking up to this, I was like, wow, there's a lot of people who are running things uh, or like the puppets of the people who are running things. And these guys are really evil and satanic and they've got like other agendas going on. And I remember, you know, talking about Epstein way back when, and now that's, uh, you know, sort of out there in the mainstream, but obviously being covered up and Ghislaine Maxwell trials being covered up. Um, and so like when you start to understand all this stuff, you see that there is like a different agenda. And, and part of that agenda, as you mentioned, is basically, you know, tracking, tracing, controlling everybody. Uh, and then ultimately there's, you know, something called a 2045 project where they want, they think that by 2045, long story short, that we're going to be basically avatar and they want to have, you know, most of the human population uh, done by then. And, and last year, my girlfriend and I went out to uh, actually Jekyll Island for uh, the Red Pill Expo out there. And the way back, we hit up uh, the Georgia Guidestones. And so for those who don't, don't know what that is, I, you know, go watch that video. We did a little documentary on that, but, you know, they talk about, you know, getting earth's population down to 500 uh, million people. You've got Bill Gates on video with the Ted talk talking about how we can, you know, if we do a good job with the food, healthcare and vaccines that they can probably yeah, drop nice, population nice by 10%. <laughs> yeah. And he's got the, you know, he's got his formula and P is for people. And he's like, well, you know, basic arithmetic shows that one of these numbers has to get pretty close to zero. And then they're all like laughing in the background. And so for, and so with the chemtrails, it's just, um, I am glad that more people are like waking up to this now. I mean, I know last year, uh, I was dropping off my daughter to school at, and she was in, in kindergarten and, uh, there was just a bunch of normies around and all of a sudden, like two of them were like, Hey, look up in the sky. Like, what are those called? And they were trying to get it out. And I'm like, Oh, you mean like chemtrails? And they weren't even talking to me. There's two like random people. And then, um, I'm like, well, actually, you know, it's geoengineering. I tried explaining it and tried to, you know, get ahead of some of the debunking. And then another guy comes up and says the exact, he overhears this conversation, like a janitor says the same thing. And these are like three regular normie people at a school pointing this out uh, to me. And I just happened to, it's funny that I'm the one that's there. And, and uh, you know, and this is, and so it's good now that people like are because of people like yourself, people, you know, are exposed to this. Uh, and so like, do you think there's like any, any hope of like reversing this? And, and obviously, you know, there is some hope because, you know, if it was hopeless, they wouldn't have to run their propaganda against us. But, uh, you know, what's sort of like the biggest points, I guess, that you could make to somebody of, you know, of really like what's going on and, and like how we can, how we can solutions to stop this. There is hope and people are waking up in mass. It, the documentaries help giving them a reference point, talking about it helps talking about it, not in a fear based, you know, way I was talking earlier about meeting people where they're at. I've, I've, I've thought about it so much, you know, pontificated and I mean, how to get to the people. Oftentimes I'll just, stress the beautiful blue days when there's fluffy clouds i bring it up to everyone look at that abnormality i say you know just to plant those seeds also i've thought really hard and done, done a lot of research and you know those um two-ton titanium and steel engines that slammed in the pentagon but didn't break the windows and just dis disappeared on 9-11 these are called high bypass turbofan jet engines the turbofan 
is just a fan. Okay, these were created in the 1950s, 60s by General Electric and then Rolls-Royce. Rolls-Royce has this awesome closed loop system where they maintain the engines. And what they are basically are big propellers that are pushing air to create lift over wings. So some planes actually just have propellers. And then you can't argue, oh, there's hot air coming out of that. You know what I mean? But those engines are not creating hot air. There's no contrail, it's a con. The Tropospheric Aerosol Program, Department of Energy, they refer to those small lines, those supposed contrails as precursor gases. Precursor gases, I call them primer planes. They're priming the sky to mix other chemicals. Nothing should be coming out of the back of these jets. These aren't F-16s flying off of aircraft carriers in the movie Top Gun. These are planes going great long distances with very efficient high bypass turbofan jet engines. They're big fans, okay? When they go through birds, my dad was a pilot. We would accidentally hit a flock of bird. They don't come out the other end cooked. They're not even heated. They're just bloody feathers out of the other end. And maybe the turbine gets broken or dented or something like that. If it's on at ground level, you go behind it. There's no, it's not hot. It's not hot air. So that whole condensation contrail is a con and that can start to wake people up. And people nowadays, if you talk to them, they'll say, oh, nothing would surprise me. You know, like you can get to people on just about anything, including even the moon landing, you know, and, and the fake moon landing. And, and I like to bring that to people's attention, all sorts of things just on their level. Like, could you believe that maybe people think this and get the conversation going on different ways, different levels, even just wearing my face at the grocery store or the post office is now like a revolutionary act and seeing people see me and then tear their mask off is like a conversation started in and of itself. There's different ways to represent the freedom. The chemtrail space, though, I think it's going to get weird. It's going to get dark. The movie Snowpiercer, for instance, is a predictive programming. Starts off with chemtrails, and the whole planet goes into an ice age from it. Everyone dies, you know, except for people on this fast-moving train. So I do believe they're going to try to pull it off, and there will be a lot of controlled. I mean, people are being pigeonholed and Hegelian dialectic cornered into believing they need some drastic action on climate change. The thing is, is climate change, which was global warming, but it's now got a fancier word, they can call that anything, these fires on the West Coast, the hurricanes and all this, and everything goes back to the geoengineering behind it. They can make it rain on these fires, they make windstorms on the fires, they spray patented fire accelerants on these fires. That's what's in the trees is aluminum oxide and barium salts, you know, and these are fire accelerants. The hurricanes, they could quell, they, they make them exacerbated. Frankenstein starts off in the 1920s and it goes through a historical chronological timeline with military footage, stock footage, putting their foot in their mouth. By the time it gets to modern times, there's footage that I filmed. I filmed Bill Vanderzam, the former um, prime, premier, prime minister of British Columbia. A lot of cool people I interviewed talking about chemtrails and, and them and their experiences and how they can, we can wake up the world and whatnot. And then the movie was finished in 2017. I'm working on a sequel, Frankenstein's Two Climate Chains, because I do believe that the climate change will be this bait and switch to a new type of lockdown. But first they have to put in a smart grid and the 5G and that 5G is all interconnected to all of it. I mean, it's not just, I mean, it's not just getting people the jab, you know? I just, okay, so really quick, I started learning about this book. I've, I've been amassing books because I think their physical things are really important nowadays in this dystopia, especially as they do more lockdowns. I got this book, Conversations with the Aluminum Atom. And this doctor is 100% convinced that all breast cancer, every last one, comes from aluminum deodorant. And so what happens, and aluminum is such a vicious thing in so many aspects. 
the mixing of aluminum fluoride in our bodies. Fluoride comes and it, it, it also, uh, sorry to interrupt, it also binds where the magnesium is supposed to go into the body and, and other like, yeah, into the cell actually, so into the actual cell. That's huge. So, yeah. And magnesium is so important. Every time we eat sugar, um, every molecule of sugar that we ingest, it takes us 54 molecules of magnesium to process one molecule of sugar. So we oftentimes are very mineral deficient and we don't realize it. And then we start absorbing toxins from the environment, including chemtrails, that if we weren't mineral deficient, up to speed on our minerals, we wouldn't have to uptake all these different toxins, hoping to get those minerals. So that's one way to be empowered and you know live a healthy, healthy happy life in this world of toxins. But really quick about the breast cancer. So you get aluminum deodorant, you put it on your pores where you're supposed to be able to flush out toxins through your pores and sweat these things out, including, including aluminum. So you should be sweating out the aluminum toxins from the chemtrails. Instead, you're clogging, girls are clogging their pores with aluminum deodorant. And that aluminum will then not be able to get out of your pores for detoxification, but also it'll pool in your um, different areas like, like your breasts or other um, lymphs, lymph. Lymph. In the lymph nodes, yeah, okay. lymphatic so, system, yeah. So when it pools in the lymph, especially in the breast, and then someone puts their phone there, a 5G phone or whatever it may be, or just has a phone up to your head, or you're around your smartphone, <laughs> around your Wi-Fi or whatever, that aluminum is now being radiated, like a little aluminum in the microwave. What do you think that does? Then you get the breast cancer. It's like this very calculated one-two, like mercury amalgam filling. This mercury will slowly off gas. And if you look up a video of what mercury and aluminum do mixed together, there's a chemical reaction that grows like six inches. It's unfreaking real. Fluoride will bypass the blood brain barrier and pull aluminum, bond in your brain, and have chemical reactions lead to Alzheimer's and dementia and whatnot. And fluoride is a byproduct, like I said, of smelt of the aluminum production. You know, these toxic chemicals being put in our food, our water, our air, our deodorant. You know, and at the end of the day, if you think about 5G, people are being. Um, injected with, you know, the adjuvant of aluminum. We're getting aluminum through all these different means. And then they put 5G antenna everywhere and crank up the radiation. We're going to see impacts. And if they want to have a kill off or whatever, then blame it on the next variant or whatever. They literally could do that once the antennas are up everywhere. Yeah, so <clears throat> with 5G, you know, I'm, I'm a telecom communication technician by trade. I've been that for 20 years. I've uh, been working on both, you know, wireless and regular technologies. And uh, one of the things with 5G that really scares the crap out of me, it's actually not even, not even the health aspects. It's actually the totalitarian regime that comes with it. And, uh, you know, what, what's going to happen is that, you know, they need towers everywhere. You know, with 4G right now, uh, you can barely get the signal through anything. So, like, I have a 4G tower, like, six kilometers down, but I don't get any 4G. I, I only get, like, 3G because all the forest, because the forest blocks, you know, higher frequencies gets, block, gets blocked way easier, but they also can go further. So that's, but that's why they need to put them right at your fucking uh, telephone poles outside or whatever they put up. And then they actually will then, you know, have to crank up that radiation to come through all the material in your, in your house. Uh, and, and so that's that's also another thing, like on top of the totalitarian side, like when they actually have real 5G, which they don't have, like they say that they have 5G now, but it's just 4G LTE on steroids. Uh, but when they actually have the 5G as per their white papers, uh, it, it's going to be like pretty nasty. And then you get like the fourth industrial revolution with Klaus Schwab, you know, where you actually have these IBO, like all these uh, 
you know, um, the IOT, the IOB, I think they call it, uh, you know, where everything in your body is basically ran off of or have like sensors all over you. So, you know, if something's wrong, you know, the government can just come in and it's like, oh, we got to take John out of society or something because it seems like he might have caught something uh, and uh, just uh, he can't go outside. So we're going to lock his door because we have like full automation in your home. So they can control every <laughs> single little aspect of and it. Monitor, and, uh, and monitor uh, everything you know you're what, doing. Uh, yeah. And, oh, exactly. And, and track the tracking and tracing that will go on on that level. Like we have it bad now, but. Uh, for people like I'm, I'm also, you know, in the CCTV and, and automation and, and uh, alarm industry, I see a lot of extremely worrisome sign with, you know, all the AI that's getting implemented, uh, you know, controlling anything from mask wearing to social distancing to, uh, you know, uh, in, in China, I did the research, you know, they, they actually have emotional recognition in schools. So the teachers can then, you know, if you, if you don't listen to the communist agenda, <laughs> A teacher could be like, "Hey, you gotta go to the principal's office and get a, or go to a re-education camp somewhere and and get brainwashed." You know, it's um. There was actually like talking about this crazy stuff that's going on. There was a city I forgot. I think it was Brugge in in Belgium that implemented. So they have speakers along the shopping street, and they basically are spouting propaganda like you were in a freaking. Uh, you know, re-education camp, and there's people living, you know, on top of all these like markets. And, and they, this one guy came out and said, like, yeah, I, I feel like I was, you know, my family was in Russia in these camps. And it's exactly like that. So, like, the, the future that are coming out of all of, like, this technocratic and, and central control. Like, I have a booker, for crying out loud, where a guy is probably, like, the global, uh, what, what is it called again? It's called the, the redesign of the global financial architecture, the, the raise of state authority. He talks about probably how there are technocrats wanting to run the world uh, and, you know, the, a centralized and as small top government as possible. And when was that book written too? like in like the 70s or 80s? No, th this is actually a new book, uh, a fairly new book, actually. Um, this this book was written in, uh, I think, to like right after the, the G20s, because what he's also talking about in this book is actually the creation of the Financial Stability Board which basically runs most of the global central banks today. Uh, 20, actually 2016. And okay. anyways, there, there, was, there was also another book called uh, The Exchange Stabilization Fund, the, the um, what is it called? Slush Fund of War Chest, where they basically talk about like bail-ins. In 1998, they talked about bail-ins. And then when you listen to financial media, they said that, oh, uh, that was invented in 20, like 2000, around 2008 or something like, or six, I, for, I forgot. But uh, these guys have these plans like for very long periods of time. And, and you also have a guy called uh, Kenneth Rogoff. He has the book, The Curse of Cash, also 2016. You know, all these globalists, they, uh, they, they love their ideas. And, and recently, actually, to what we talked about now is, is what is coming. Same, same guy, he's the head of a group called the G30, you know, these secret groups, right? Like the Council of Foreign Relations. But look at, look at his newest book that just came out, Climate Crisis Econom Economics. It's quite the cover too. For those of you listening at home, it's got the earth with a gas mask on it, which you're not allowed to get on a plane with a gas mask because I did try that. And uh, so you're not allowed to be too safe. 
uh, out there. Yeah. But uh, for those of you who had the over under on if John was going to mention the exchange stabilization fund on a podcast about uh, <laughs> geoengineering, uh, I guess, you know, certain winners and losers that yes, he was able to sneak that in well, there. There is a slush fund. Who knows? They, they could be siphoning out some capital off of their slush fund. But so much of this does have to do about money, but even more so, I mean, Matt, uh, you know, hit the nail on the head when he was yeah. talking about this as a spiritual battle about, and, and the thing is they're trying to take our breath away. So, I mean, and I know John is, you know, into Wim Hof and, you know, I did that actually last, actually last two nights I've done Wim Hof, but the thing is like, even if like you've got a, like they've got most of the people here, you know, wearing masks, obviously not us, but you know, they're wearing masks and you know, they're not taking deep breaths. And even if they don't have a mask on, they're still not, you know, doing like proper breath work because, you know, doing proper breath work can actually lower our, uh, sorry, raise your pH. And there's, you know, different evidence for cancer can't grow in high pH environments. And it's just like amazing at how it's just like a whole 360 of them just fucking with us in every single aspect of our lives you know whether it's the food the air the water i mean i mean there's nothing more basic than food air and water and we've got you know gmo food that's you know laden with all sorts of pesticide you know thank you to monsanto which then got you know merged in with bear and then we've got you know obviously the fluoride in the water and then now the air we can't even breathe so it's just uh unbelievable how it's just like a full like spectrum dominance all the way around uh but again you know if if things were hopeless, they wouldn't have to, you know, spend, you know, millions of dollars or trillions of dollars, you know, propagandizing us into everything. And he did mention, obviously, aluminum and and and, uh, and fluoride, and that was, you know, a byproduct of the company Alcoa, the aluminum company of America, were the ones who got that started. And then, you know, the same doctor that said that was safe was the same doctor at the University of Rochester that said that uh, asbestos was safe as well. And you know, and with Monsanto, you know, the same people saying that, you know, Agent Orange and DDT and all sorts of other crap, you know, was safe from back in the day. So, you know, so, you know, basically, obviously our crowd is not, you know, a crowd that trusts, you know, trusts the science because, you know, I'm, and even let's, you know, let's even get into, you know, global warming because people are like, oh, we can't, you know, deny that the earth is warming. Well, you know, I guess it depends, you know, when they started their, their, their timetable on when it was warming. Cause obviously you're always in between an ice age. Uh, then it also gets into like the different, uh, real data that they have versus inference data. And they took like all the inference data, they, you know, inference, another word for made up and they made all that data, uh, show warming. Whereas like the real data, actually, I think some of it either showed like it was the same or actually even cooling. And, and then it just depends like where they place these things. If it's in big cities and they're getting, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the concrete, you know, heating everything up. And so it is, it's just, yeah. you know, with, with stats, I mean, they just jack with the stats so much, uh, you know, seven ways to Sunday. And, and, and when, can, when, can you speak to like on the CO2 aspect of things? Because, you know, we're, oh, CO2 yeah. is, is, you know, record levels. But the thing is, it's not at record levels. It just depends like where they start measuring the CO2 from. Because there's, we're, you know, we're, I've heard some people say we're actually more or less like starved for CO2. And then you want to go green, plants breathe, plants breathe, uh, you know, CO2 or carbon dioxide, but yet, you know, now we want to limit the carbon dioxide. So are we really going green? And I know I just hit you with, you know, vomited just a billion things on you right there. But in, in terms of like the CO2 and this being at like all time levels, I mean, can you speak to that? And in, in terms of like, you know, the global warming, because I'm actually of the opinion, we're probably more likely to go into like global cooling. And, uh, and then these scientists even say like, you're not allowed to, you know, talk about the sun actually impacting any of this stuff it's just so ridiculous it's a cycle right like it, it was global warming in the 40s then global cooling in the 60s then global warming and then now it turns into global cooling again you know it's, so now, uh, it's, now it's now it's climate change so yeah just before i get it over to you uh, uh there 
like this is a chart from a good friend. Unfortunately, he has Alzheimer's. Uh, he's from BC, actually. No, he lives in BC, uh, Dr. Timothy Ball, climate historian. Uh, but he has a chart that shows actually the last 600 million years, not just, you know, the, the hockey sticks and everything that they tried to show with the last, like, whatever amount of years. You know, like statistics are very, and charts are very great to, you know, manipulate. But in this YouTube, in the atmosphere, and, and when you go to greenhouse, you know, you got at least 1,200 parts per million. So, yes, yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah, go ahead and answer our question. And greenhouses have carbon dioxide machines in them, too. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, for, for Tim Ball, um, I would, for the Alzheimer's, I think we can reverse that. Someone messaged me recently to tell everyone liquid silica can pull out aluminum from the body. Um, silica is a great detoxer. I think there are ways to, to go about getting to detoxing. Our bodies are super powerful and know how to fix itself through different means. We just have to empower ourselves and know that we can do it. Also, I love all your books, John. I want, if I put my book library behind me, we'd never end the show, but I think that would be great to have some references there. And I wrote down some names of some books and you made me think about, because I try to put myself in the shoes of these evil sociopaths. I put myself in meditation, literally, for the past like five years, I'll put myself at the board meeting at that think tank. And I've got, there's like some evil astrologist. There's this other evil guy that <laughs> wants to do the heart machine and do the earthquakes everywhere right now and put on the new world order. Like everybody's got their little evil stance. And and they were super smart and diabolical because they planned this 5G network and this intrusion a long time ago. So lead-based paint people, if you have some lead-based paint, please, I'd like a supply of it. So contact me, but paint your house. You know, people are contacting me. They're putting a 5G tower right in front of my home. What can I do? Well, I've got clothing made out of silver, but ideally you just paint your house with lead-based paint. Children were not eating the paint. That group think, think tank of evil scumbags, um, sociopaths, whatever they are, if they're even human, they came together and they said, look, the petroleum industry has lead in the gasoline and we're spewing lead all over the neighborhoods and making children sick. They're going to catch on. I mean, every time the people pump up their gas, they see it says leaded gasoline. The, people are going to realize it. There's going to be lawsuits out the wazoo. We're screwed. And they said, well, actually, the telecom agencies don't want lead-based paint in there because in four years, we're going to have Internet of Things, self-driving cars, avatars, cyborgs, complete dystopia social credit system, um, QR codes tattooed on people's wrists. That QR code is out of Lee Rothschild. He, he stole that and patented it. It came out of a Japanese company. That's a whole other slippery slope. But those QR codes are becoming normalized and really nasty. And it's not going to be Mark of the Beast a chip. It's going to be our driving records, health records, digital currency, no dollars, because those are so dirty, you know, germs are going to kill everybody, don't you know? And that lead-based paint could save us right now, and it's, it's gone. It's, it's out of there. So that's something to, to understand and to think about. And then as far as the, the CO2, I even remembered your question. Look at me. So plants, come on. If they really cared, we'd be planting trees all day long. Come on, people. Where's the logic? <laughs> and, and not to mention... If you watch my movie, Frankenskies, which I think you should, frankenskies.com, it's online for free. I had an amazing YouTube channel got pulled, but also it's everywhere. So if you just look, you can find it. I know you can, Frankenstein, but skies, right? 
and it's an 80-minute expose and starts in the 1920s. And guess what they were doing in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s? They were manipulating the weather and making it rain and making rain all over the place. And how did the US Air Force do it? By dumping dry ice into the atmosphere. What's dry ice? Anybody? Dry ice is frozen carbon dioxide. So if they really freaking cared about the atmosphere and the <laughs> levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, they would at least disclose or there'd be scrutiny, transparency. They've been dumping it in the atmosphere forever to control the weather, you know, behind our backs. And then they say, oh, oh, it's your fault. Your cars emit it. But deep down, we know that we emit it. We exhale it. So we're the real enemy and we hate each other. We look in the mirror and we want to cover our faces and, and be the victims of ourselves. You know, it's, it's propaganda at its finest and it's very psychological and deep. And it, and it makes us the true enemy, but we're not. You know, we're not at the end of the day. And again, the real, the actual number one greenhouse gas is water vapor. And also there is no global warming if, unless you want to pinpoint all of this action that is chemtrails and harp and all these, you know, exacerbated events. I live in Oregon, Southern Oregon, and we had record, record breaking heat wave over the summer. It was like 121 or something like that. And you better believe that they just put in this weird harp golf ball looking thing. They call them Doppler next rad radars. They say they're predicting the weather. They're actually controlling the weather with these things. And they sprayed like crazy chemtrails. They zapped the sky into this tight, crazy ripple. I've never seen skies so bad. And then we have this insane heat wave. They trap the heat day in, day out with metallicized skies that are heated super hot. And they trap the heat. When the, the heat tries to escape at the night, they have a layer of aluminum keeping it in. I mean, it's, it's very textbook. It's very scientific. It's very in your face. And if you just start to look at the skies, everyone listening, if you just look at the sky every single day for the next little bit, you'll start to see things and you'll start to just wake up on your own time. You know, there's things like abnormal air traffic on the edge of storms where they're trying to zip the storm by or engineer a storm or steer it or whatever or weaponize the jet stream to blast texas with an ice storm you know that happened these things happen and they're not irregular weird climate change abnormalities because of the exhalation from our mouths that is the deepest darkest propaganda machine you can think of and it's to get us psychologically manipulated into begging and protesting for dimming our sun Come on. Yeah, the classic problem, reaction, solution. I, I do know in the uh, documentary, it talks about weather weapons, you know, being a force multiplier. Then you also have, uh, you know, there's treaties on weather weapons. So for people who think that this stuff doesn't exist, I mean, why is there trees and patents on things that don't exist? You've got people in the Air Force who've been exposing this. And I remember like back in the day, like watching uh, Alex Jones and he was having uh, Dr. Ben Livingston on. And that's like one of the, uh, that's like one of the, I think probably one of the places I first heard about this. And so I just want to play a quick, like one minute clip with uh, Dr. Ben Livingston. Cause you know, this is probably one of the you know first things that I saw, uh, you know, probably more than a decade ago, but just a second here. To uh, brief the generals, the air force generals, the army generals down there. And they suggest make this report to president Johnson back in Washington, DC. They were excited about it, but they had no authorization, if you will, to use this as a military weapon system. I was there in very top secret uh, classification as a research project. 
That's why we were able to conduct the mission without uh, the international community, if you will, being apprised of what we were doing and how we were doing it. It was kept top secret for a long time. Yeah, and that's you know one of the scams that they call it research. And so if you do, and this was in in your documentary, but so if you you know you're allowed, you're not allowed to basically do this unless you're doing it as a research on your own people. And then all of a sudden, that's like sort of like a little loophole to get around that. And I can't, and I know that obviously you know uh, Al Gore is you know up to his eyeballs and all this corruption, and you know he he did well, have yeah, like he, he did have a head, and he used to have a hedge fund too. And the hedge fund his partner was blood. So like literally it was like a blood, blood well, and well, gore. Think, about, think about where this started, right? Like it actually started between a Norwegian and a Manitoba. And I'm from Norway and I live in Manitoba, but how it started was a, a document uh, called our common future. You know, that's not the, not the chemtrailing and everything, but how this whole, like the big control grid came uh, into living with the United Nations. It was all our, our common future. And if you pay attention in Norway, Suddenly in 1992, we started to get extreme storms. Well, that's because that's when they started to track it. And that was the, uh, you know, the treaty, the first COP meeting. And then you had the 19, uh, what was it? Um, uh, in 1992, Norway implemented the first carbon tax as the first country in the world uh, because our great Gorhal and Brundtland uh, was on top of her thing, you know, she wrote about how we need to basically remove private property for from the peasants and then have a future, which is common because in Norway, most people, they believe in the common good for the, the greater amount of people, just like China does. And now Canada has fallen into the same kind of paradigm. And and these guys, and then what's funny is that Gorlin Brundtland actually met a guy called Marie Strong. And guess where Marie Strong came from? Tiny little place in Manitoba. But he actually worked in the oil stands uh, of Alberta when he was found by David. No, who, who guess who uh, found him? Oh, David Rockefeller. Uh, <laughs> and for those of you who thought Rockefeller. John could go a whole show without mentioning Manitoba, he just lost him that one too. So yeah, so he Sorry. lost him the but ESF anyway, fund and David Manitoba. Rockefeller. I don't think we've heard yeah. about. I don't know. We talked about the G30 yet or financial stabilization board. No, so, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I actually mentioned that. Uh, so okay. uh, David Rockefeller actually. Uh, you know, groomed uh, Marie Strong, and Marie Strong actually created the ESG uh, initially in the United Nations that then became, you know, the whole global warming climate change agenda and the IPCC. My dad actually, uh, when he met with somebody, he was like doing a business like network marketing, and he went and, you know, uh, showed people the business or whatever. At this one place, there was a, he was talking to the guy of the house and then the lady comes walking in because they started to talk about the weather and, and you know, like a little bit about global warming and all this stuff. And this lady comes in and I guess where she used to work, she used to work at the IPCC, uh, the uh, Intergovernment Panel on Climate Change over at the UN there. And she said there are a bunch of crooks and scamsters uh, and they're all up, like anything that they say is a lie. And guess what, you know, too, like uh, this guy here, Tim Ball, before he got his Alzheimer's, he actually sued and won against the guy that created the hockey stick, uh, Michael Mann, uh, as well. You know, uh, so, yeah, the, these scamsters, but, you know, it all uh, came out of, uh, you know, these uh, collectivists up in Norway mixed with, you know, David Rockefeller that has similar ideas, because who is Bill Gates today? He's the modern day Rockefeller. You know, and so now we have the Rockefeller Bill and the Gates Foundation, you know, working hand in hand on, you know, uh, for minute, like just 
formulating and, and implementing the agenda that they, they have for us, you know, which is totalitarian control. Uh, and, you know, they, they hate peasants, you know, they're, they've become like all these politicians and everything. We basically replaced the Kings and Queens with politicians. And now they think that they rule us and we don't rule them anymore. Uh, and so they just want to control, like, that's all that it's about. It's all about control and then destroying, you know, like, look at what the, uh, the, the jabs are doing now with, you know, weaning immunity. And then you basically almost become like dependent on them, uh, instead of like, Oh, take some vitamin D. <laughs> and, and stay healthy, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's it's all about that. I, I think like what we're, uh, like we're heading for a real disaster if we we don't stand up. And I, I've actually had many people leave Manitoba right now. Uh, they left for Honduras. They left like one guy became a like he's a financier over here, and he actually left and uh, be, like now is doing a massive farm in Honduras. Uh, to to survive and live off of the land uh, because he sees what the writing on the wall. You know, are there are there places you can go that don't do this crap and don't spray? I mean, it seems like you know it's yeah, everywhere yeah, where, in the world. Yeah, that's a great question. Where where is that? Uh, do you know? Like is South America maybe not doing this stuff, or is China or Russia? I mean, like, is there any sort of safe haven to this stuff right now? I get that question a lot. That's a very popular question. Um, there are places where they do it less. I know where I live, they do it a lot. But then a lot of people say that all over the United States. I have a friend that moved to Baja, Mexico. It is a lot less, okay? There's places that it is a lot less. A lot of people don't know what they're looking at too. You know, sometimes that it's coming off the ocean off of different technology and whatnot. And because they don't just see this grid pattern, they're like, oh, I don't have chemtrails here. The agenda is to do it everywhere. There's not gonna be any hiding from it. Ideally, we can form like our own city, a utopian community and buck this system. I think everyone spreading out and hiding in Honduras and stuff might not necessarily be the answer. Um, and then you said that everyone's gonna get dependent on the jab. Yeah, they will. And that's where these electroceuticals are gonna come into play. They're gonna have to pop these pills to, they call them, I don't even wanna say the word. Either way, these electroceuticals are the replacement of these new, of these um, updates to the jab, you know? And then at the end of the day, You'll be doing it on camera for your social credit system score, uh, like the movie Gattaca. And if you don't take it, your immune system will get high, totally hijacked and you'll go into immunocompromisation and you'll get sick. So you're going to need this nanotech. And ultimately, that's, that's a slippery slope when you're putting nanotechnology in your body. You're giving your God-given soul away, basically, at the end of the day. I think you're muted, brother. Yeah, no, it's um, I'll I'll, I'll talk her. I think yeah, he's yeah. Muted. I'm, I think I'm un, unmuted now, but I I did want to play a quick clip from Franken Skies <laughs> with uh, I forgot what what we're even talking about in this clip, but it was uh, with Al Gore, and you know Al Gore obviously up to his eyeballs and all this stuff, and you know it's all about money, and you know now we got the ESG funds, and you take a look at these ESG uh, you know environmental sustainable funds. You should, yeah, you should call and, him Al Gore the climate whore. Yeah, but you take a look at these funds are like who's in these green funds and it's, you know, JP Morgan Chase and Apple and, uh, you know, Exxon and like all like so then the, then you got like literally fund companies. I forgot which one it was, but like a week or two ago, there was one major fund company. I don't know if it's that major, but they ended up, uh, I think it's labeling like all, all like 95% of their funds ESG funds, because as long as it has ESG, then people are like, oh, I'm being green and environmental stable. And I have my investments going towards this uh, great green thing. And actually, uh, Charlie Robinson had a recent show on 
uh, ESG funds that, you know, for those of you who want to go check out. And I, I wish you would have uh, broken down some of the funds, like, like the underlying investments in these funds, because it's just, they're anything but, you know, green or sustainable. But here is uh, from Frank and Sky's a clip with Al Gore. And then I think it goes right into a clip with uh, David Keith on uh, Colbert difficult steps to stop spewing all this global warming pollution into the atmosphere mm -hmm. uh, and of course there are a lot of problems with what they're proposing you could actually spray sulfuric acid in the stratosphere 20 kilometers over our head and use that to stop the planet warming up and oh, it's like ugly you, tech fix you could you can spray something into the atmosphere to yes. change okay spray okay. pollution into the atmosphere to stop it warming how do you do this you yeah. start with a fleet of modified business jet and say 20,000 tons of sulfuric acid uh -huh. into the stratosphere every year <laughs> and each year you have to put a little more mm -hmm. and this doesn't in the long run mean that you can forget about cutting emissions we will need to rein in no emissions. we'll get to it eventually but in the meantime we're shrouding the earth in sulfuric acid so people are terrified about talking about this because uh -huh. they're scared that it will prevent us cutting emissions right and also that it's sulfuric acid <laughs> we put 50 million tons of sulfuric acid in the air now as pollution and it okay. kills a million people a year worldwide okay but it'll be better if we put more in we're talking about 1% of that. 1% more, we're just killing 10,000 more people. You can do math. What happens to the sulfuric acid after it's sprayed? Does it just stay up there? No, it rains down, okay. but it's a tiny addition to okay. what we're already doing. Is there any possible way this could come back to bite us in the end? It actually turns out to be an old idea. This really? was known since President Johnson. You ever look at those planes up there? They have contrails behind them? Maybe all those planes are the contrails. Maybe they're actually spraying chemicals into the atmosphere right now, and Uncle Sam isn't telling us. Seems extremely extremely unlikely. The that fact the United is the government... States is not telling something to its citizens, that seems extremely likely to me. Yeah, so even uh, controlled opposition Colbert even has to admit uh, how likely it is that the government is doing something like that. But I thought that there was just a great yeah. uh, and obviously, you know, they're trying to like whitewash this. But for those who know, like David Keith is pretty much like the main right hand minion of uh, Bill Gates when it, uh, like for his climate change agenda. And so, you know, that is part of Frankenstein's and, you know, definitely, uh, you know, suggest people check that out. And I, I know you also sell uh, clothing as well. What is the, the name of your clothing brand? Was it Spiro or I'm trying to yeah, remember it off the S P E R O Sparrow gear. And that is a Latin word Sparrow for hope uh, in French and Spanish Italian means I hope. And the goal is through protection to bring hope to the next generation. They have an agenda 2030, 2045 or whatever. So they're tracking us and our biorhythms and all this stuff. But I have my own agenda too, where our gear will protect us and we're not going to be, you know, preyed upon like that. And so what sort of things do you guys have there? I mean, take a look. We got, you know, cell phone pouches. There's, uh, you know, different shirts. There's different mats. And, and I'm thinking about getting a, a mat for my daughters because, you know, they're on their iPads, even though it's, you know, Wi-Fi, I'm sure it's not great for them. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, too, like uh, like recently I bought one of those EMF detectors. And so I mean, if you guys have your cell phone like next to your head, like while you're sleeping or even like when you're talking on the phone, that thing is massive. Uh, like even good. even putting it like an arm's length away makes like a, like a huge difference. I've got pretty long right. arms, but like I, I try to like now, like every night before I go to bed now, I'm putting it on airplane mode, usually putting it like in a different room. Uh, like I have a Wi-Fi well, router. Tim, on if anybody's interested, I did a presentation at the Red Pill Expo uh, on 5G in the police state, but I actually brought up my uh, my uh, a meter up there, <laughs> EMF meter, and went around the stage to find the safest spot to stand on the stage. Uh, so actually, uh, an EMF meter is, is very great. I actually use it a lot 
for my work uh, because I do deal with, you know, LTE communication uh, uh, parts and so on. And, and so it's paramount that you, you don't stay close to the, the frequencies. And also another thing, you know, like people don't think about this, but, you know, having a, a um, just like regular like 60 hertz or 50 hertz, depending on where you live in the world, a, a, a electrical outlet known just a, uh, a uh, electrical panel close to where you are. Uh, because you got to remember your brain runs on 20 to 120 uh, mega, like hertz. So when you actually go in and attack that frequency with a huge EMF field that they create, like just try, I, I tried many times to just not even use the EMF meter, but use just a tone generator. And then you drive under like these 44 kilowatt lines, it'll be like, like you'll hear like an, an insane amount of EMF getting radiated. Uh, so we, we talk about, of course, the 5G and the LT and so on, but also in Norway, interestingly enough, they had to implement a rule for a massive, uh, basically boundary from the high voltage lines because it caused leukemia in people. Uh, because basically like half, uh, you know, fries you <laughs> uh, and, and fucks with your cells. Um, so yeah, a lot of this stuff is not good. And like, I, I work with, you know, structure cabling. So a solution actually to a 5G issue with, you know, EMF radiation and so on, is just plug in your, plug in your electronics. Like if you can, you know, your stationary computer, plug it in, get fiber optical cable instead of like what they really would like is just 5G because then the government could just come in and say like, oh, you know, Verizon and all these guys, they can't take care of building all this. The government needs to control it. And then they would just have come aboard and then control it fully. And then you're not allowed to have like fiber optic in the ground that Tim has right now that I'm looking to get. Uh, and um, if you do that, you know, like you limit. And then also another thing too, like we talk about lead-based paint in our house, but just have like live in a forest. I live in a forest. You know, that's a huge protection against uh, electromagnetic frequencies as well. I, I completely agree with all of that. And um, to mention, um, I also have the ethernet. I think it's very important. People, you can, oh, and there's the silver blanket. If you're on the laptop or on your phone a lot, you can put that in your lap and protect yourself. Um, all of my products are, there's, there's a handful of companies across the world that are doing EMF protection. All of my products are the most affordable and the most stylish, like the coolest, and the best across the board in durability, protection, cost. Yeah, and they also, uh, sorry to interrupt, they also mm -hmm. work as a Faraday cage, right? I, I actually had the great honor to uh, work at a secret facility uh, for the Norwegian CIA and build the Faraday cage for their fiber optics because they run fiber optic in, so you can't like look and try to get in there through EMF radiation. Uh, and then actually there's a massive Faraday cage and then they have all the electronics and they're protecting it because they know what could happen is you could also get like the sun itself could you know uh, screw around with us because in this technological day and age today where everything is you know communicating uh, in a 5G world, imagine the damage that just a solar flare could do you know, to society, like we'll be back in the dark ages. And if people are not prepared for something like that, have food and, and have, you know, something that's offline, you know, that they could use in trade with, you know, people be screwed. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the smart city grid that they're trying to implement. 
Exactly. And I also make Faraday phone bags. It's like a Faraday cage for your phone bag. You put your phone in there, no tracking, no tracing, no text messages, no updates, no calls, no nothing. And what was amazing is I've had this company for some time. Um, yeah, if you scroll down, there's a rainbow of them. That's the new 5G blocking. I have had to do three layers, but click on that rainbow of those. So these, I started off a few years ago selling these and I was not the only company selling these bags and they're one layer of the silver fabric and they worked great. I sold them all over uh, the world. Then right in March of last year, when we went into the lockdowns because of the pandemic, people started contacting me in major cities where 5G was rolling out saying, the phone bags don't work anymore. My precious phone bag that I love, I've been sleeping with it, whatever. Now the phone just rings through it all of a sudden. So I had to figure out what was going on and come to Fire find out. It's, yeah, they're cranking them up. Yeah. And the 4G LTE stands for long-term evolution, which means it's a progression on to 5G, especially the mm -hmm. iPhones to create a mesh of this 5G. They're being cranked up. The high band Verizon mm -hmm. iPhone 5G network in the United States is the most potent. And I had to make double layered bags. The two layered bags work great everywhere until the Delta variant hit. And then only in major <laughs> cities with people with their 5G phones. Okay, I had to make these triple layer bags. And now those are good. And those should be good to go. It's, it's a layer. That's silver. very interesting. That's a huge, interesting point that you actually, because of the increased, you know, uh, radiation. You had to actually like create a greater Faraday cage uh, around it, which is uh, kind of scares you a little bit. You know what it actually does to your body when uh, you uh, you basically have to opt your shielding. <laughs> like every time they have a new booster, you've got to have like another layer of, of uh, it's like now that we're on like double mass or double mass and you have two different layers of this for everyone, triple mass and three shots, four. Now that Israel's doing four shots, maybe they need a quadruple layered protection over there. I think that we're good to go now. I've got a layer, a layer of silver, then a layer of copper, then a layer of silver. It should block just about anything. And that's, I mean, we're going to have to really change up the technology and adapt and innovate. I want to have a yeah. jacket that literally has a little EMF meter on the sleeve to see what we're being exposed to in the external environment. And then you can like slip it on the inside and see how, you, how well you're being protected. About the EMF meters, everyone should get me an EMF meter. We're in a soup of this and we don't even know what levels we're dealing with. It's important, especially for children and knowledge is power, educate yourself. Um, you get what you pay for. There's cheaper ones and, and a little bit more expensive ones. And what you want is a tri-field meter. It measures the X, Y, and Z, uh, vertical, horizontal, whatever. So you can um, see the whole cloud and not just do the cheap versions of it. And to extrapolate on what Tim said about distance is your friend, it's this thing called the inverse square law. So it's the opposite of squaring. It's inverse rela relation, an inverse relation of squaring. But it's, it's um, the inverse square law. It applies to light and sound. And radiation is actually just light. Okay, if we could see it, if our eyes were a different curvature, we could see our cell phones and the Wi-Fi routers and the cell towers as like big balls of light emitting light. And distance is your friend. So the further you get away, the radiation drops off exponentially, just like the further yeah. you get away from the source of sound, it's, it's quieter and quieter and quieter. And the source of light, it's less bright and less bright and less bright. So distance is your friend, inverse square law. It also you know, applies to radiation. So when you get your meter and you realize, oh, wow, I shouldn't sleep next to this thing, whether it be your Wi-Fi router or whatever, but then you put it in the other room or across the room and it's not even measurable. It's something very fascinating to understand. Or the Wi-Fi router, it's in the other room 
it's not even measurable, but then you start connecting devices to it. There's an invisible cloud of radiation from A to B and you're sleeping with a device that's connected to your Wi-Fi, or you've got an alarm clock next to your bed that's connected to your Wi-Fi and it's messing with your sleep. You don't even know what's going on. You know, these things can empower you to take action. I think knowledge is power, but actually it's knowledge plus action equals power in my opinion. And just imagine, uh, I mean, not to get grosser, but I mean, you've got your, your cell phone in your short pant pocket. Just imagine what this stuff is doing to your balls, you know, all day getting irradiated. I mean, I got to imagine that there, I mean, I, there's probably not studies on this, but uh, I can't imagine that that's going to be good for like male sperm count and tons of other things. And obviously, you know, the sperm count has been, you know, dramatically reduced anyways, just uh, through everything else that they're doing, throwing at us. But I got to imagine that now that they're tuning everything up and jacking everything up, that it's going to get uh, dramatically worse. And I'm actually like thinking almost at the point where I just want to drop my cell phone. I, a lot of stuff I do now is through signal or maybe I'll go like on, on Wi-Fi and do it through signals. And that way, eventually I, I could like, detach from my phone completely. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's but just. At to actually like uh, show people like the actual soup that's, you know, all the radiation around the world. These are all the bands. Uh, communication bands around the world that you run on and you can actually like uh, this is a great chart it's from rodents works they're one of the providers that are sometimes used for you know measuring equipment for um, all the different frequencies and um, they, they show all the bands like there's literally like uh, you know hundreds of bands and they go all from one kilohertz all the way up to 300 gigahertz uh, the communication bands and it actually shows what country they're in so maybe if, if anybody's interested in knowing uh, more about the actual, uh, you know, what, what is around where you, where you live, uh, it's a great, like it's a worldwide spectrum allocation, it's called, by Roto and Swartz. And um, if anybody's interested, I could probably make a digital copy out of it uh, because it's, uh, it's well worth, like what do you see, like what's going to happen with 5G is that they're running currently on, on actually less than your, less frequency that the 5G that you have today that runs a less frequency than your five gigahertz router that's 2.4 and five gigahertz. You actually run on 3.6 currently, but what their plan is, they actually want to run on from six and all the way up to 200 uh, gigahertz band. And that's actually, just for your information, that's actually the bands that the heavy radars are running on, which you want to stay as far away as possible. There's a reason why you have a radar that's in the middle of a field uh, near an airport and there's not very much around it. <laughs> so uh, the thing is that's where they're going and, and they're actually worried that, you know, the, the, the 5G will actually interact with uh, potential water vapor uh, in the atmosphere and then potentially could cause a whole bunch of water thing problems with the weather measurement devices and everything around. Uh, so, with, and with the airports and air travel so too. They're worried Sorry? about that. They're worried about airports and air travel too. Yeah. I read it in the Wall Street Journal front page. Five G <laughs> might disrupt the ability for airplanes to work. Well, it's like, and again, this soup. Like, look at it. Like, it's like literally like hundreds of hundreds of, of different frequencies. You know, just when you listen to radio, you know, there's like that band, and then you have all the other communication bands that are on. Like, there's if we had the eyes as you said to actually physically watch what's going on you'd be like holy shit man <laughs> you'd be like you'd literally see like just like um just a soup basically like you wouldn't look like we couldn't see the skies anymore you know how about that 
<laughs> if you were able to see the visual, you know, actually your eyes would be able to see the visual spectrum of those frequencies. <laughs> Yeah, we'll definitely you know appreciate your time today and and for you know learnifying everybody and all these uh um, everything to do with, with geoengineering and chemtrails do you, what would you prefer people even call this would you prefer people say say geoengineering because if they chemtrails and it could kind of seem like a tinfoil hat type thing or when you uh express this to somebody what what terminology would you use we could do a whole uh book or show on the verbiage um Kim okay, next time <laughs> yeah chemtrails is a dirty word right <laughs> just like uh, flat earth and all these other things. And so we're put into these grouping otherings. So then we're demonized. And even though it's truth speaking, geoengineering is dimming the sun because the sun is evil and we need to do that because of climate change. That's not uh, weather engineering or spraying lithium on the population to experiment on us or manganese on the ghettos like Dick Gregory pointed out to see people get violent or sulfuric acid <laughs> yeah or radioactive cadmium on the city of st louis to see how many children yeah. would get sick that's disclosed this reporter doug and it's amazing in the 1970s st louis it's and ask fauci about that by the way i think fauci was behind that oh wow so in st louis like, missouri United States, spraying the 70s, the they sprayed radioactive zinc cadmium sulfide this is radioactive cadmium and they outfit jets sprayed it on the ghettos of st louis they put the sprayers on the top of the ghetto, in the ghettos and on top of the buildings. And then they outfit station wagons and went through the neighborhoods and sprayed, literally like sprayed them with radioactive children, minority children in the ghettos, in the playgrounds, and then watched the hospitals fill up and, 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 te and tested them once they came in to see how many kids would die and what this radioactive zinc cadmium sulfide would do to their lungs. That's not geoengineering. So, I mean, um, it's not up to me what terminology the world uses but ideally chemtrails sums it up but it's but it's been demonized and i believe that the word was probably introduced by the powers that be in a crazy way to to control the dialectic on it to have everybody bamboozled because a lot of people don't even know what it is and they think that it's a crazy conspiracy theory and it's genius to control the actual terminology Atmospheric aerosol injections would be the word that I would, you know, it, it, it's a, that's a tough one in and of itself. Um, John, this book, the redesign of the global financial architecture, that the book, it's 150 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's meant for elites, basically. Like what I found is the, the very expensive books are meant for elites. And, and he also wrote one just recently that just came out now because this is their next plan, right? Like climate economics. Um, and like just to just to continue here, like just to show it because I think I didn't show it fast enough. Yeah, but I ordered know, that one. That one's fifty. Yeah. I just got it. Yeah. I'm really excited yeah. about it. Not to multitask or anything, or be rude, yeah. but I just ordered that one. I'm really excited. The other one's 150 dollars. You can't even find it. That's not fair. I want to know what they're doing. I'm gonna have to spend that money. Yeah. It looks like I really well, until, believe me. Like all they talk about is controlling stuff. So like, and and it's they're very happy about the lesser and lesser the group that controls, the better. That's their viewpoint. So, yeah. <laughs> Bunch of evil scumbags. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, thank you so much. I really appreciate you all having me on. I hope that anybody can watch the first like 20 minutes to Frankenskies, frankenskies.com. Very educational, and anyone can learn something from it. When Brennan was saying, oh, yeah, Lyndon B. Johnson was talking about it, he wasn't talking about dimming the sun. He was excited about controlling the weather after he probably took part in killing JFK. 
but like that was <laughs> that's different than Gio than dimming the sun. You know, he was excited and gritty, grinding his teeth, and his eyes are all black when he says that they're going to control the weather. And he was um, giving a presentation to the graduates of Texas A&M, and that clip is in Frankie's guys as well. So check it out, and I hope that people can um, look me up on the other websites. I've got actualactivists.com. That's a, a great hub for, well, you name it, really. I've got a podcast hub on there. I'd love to include you guys. And I've also got a daily blog. And it's divided into health, 5G. Oh, and actually, if you go to the 5G section, there's an amazing report that I just put up linking 5G to possible connections to the pandemic and what have you. And that study out of the National Institute of Health, a Berkeley um, professor did it. You can do a I saw that. that one. Yeah, I, I saw that study. So click 5G at the top and it should be up there on the right. Yeah. The, so let's see. Um, Actually, uh, to just give you more um, like uh, so people understand that it's, it's, it's a serious study. Actually, Dr. Robert Malone shared it mm -hmm. uh, with his group, uh, that study on 5G and COVID-19, by the way. Excellent. Um, there you go. Oh, no, sorry. I, I know my, um, I have an assistant, she put it on just keeps maybe it'll be if you scroll a little bit more 5G small cells, maybe it's not quite up there yet. Sorry about that. I have it coming. Maybe we did a, a daily truth on it. Either way, there's an amazing report that just came out. And um, that's the archives of the daily truths. Yeah, it'll be up soon. There's an amazing um, research paper that just came out talking all about how uh, 5G uh, could easily be all of these symptoms that people are having, like hair loss and loss of taste and all these sort of things, this whole gambit of things. I wonder if it's, I mean, I, I don't know if this is related. I've had this weird thing with my eye for like the past like week and a half. It's not like, a, it's not all the time, but my eyes like feels like it has like a pulse to it. And it's been like beating, like just my right eye has been like beating back and forth. Uh, and it's been really, I mean, who, who knows? I'm not claiming it's because of 5G or anything, but I don't know. Never had it happen before. And it's been going on for like a week and a half now. Um, all, the majority of the fledgling birds in the state of Virginia were all of a sudden blind this year because their developing eyes were bombarded, I believe, by 5G radiation. It could be another environmental thing. Um, yes, 5G is going to impact ocular. It's, it's going to impact a lot of things. And the thing is, it's, it's that whole boiling frog scenario. They're slowly turning it up. Our bodies are adjusting because we can. Some of us are showing symptoms because we're carrying around this device that's radiating the crap out of us, especially the iPhones, like I said. Um, it's a slippery slope, but we have to kind of mitigate our exposure and check ourselves before it's too late, is my opinion, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, thank you for coming on again. Again, those websites are actual activists with an, with an S.com. We've got Spiro with an E S B E R. Oh, protectionclothing.com. And then we've got frankenskiesthemovie.com and all the stuff you guys can, you know, probably search engine too. And we'll have this in the, the show links as well. And, and what I really love about you coming on too is that you're stressing the positive that when you, know, when you try to wake people up to this, you would say like, point out like, hey, what a beautiful sky it is. And then actually that was something I was doing as well as point out, hey, look, there's, you know, you can see or when there's like actual real clouds, I'd point out like, oh, wow, what a novelty. Like it's actually a real cloud today. Not today, because actually, uh, you know, I live right next to Sun City, and yet it's, you know, it's cloudy all the time. So, you know, why is a place named Sun City, you know, cloudy? Uh, I mean, it's not like, you know, super cloudy, but it's obviously all the chemtrail crap. But, but 
And then I also liked how uh, you know you're pointing out how this is all you know a spiritual battle with everything and nothing else to add on to any more rabbit trails, John, because you know we'll keep going on for another six hours. Yeah. You know, got, <laughs> but you know, thank you so much for you know coming on today. And, and again, you guys can go to timandjohnshow.com to uh, get all the juicy stuff because who knows if this is gonna you know still be on YouTube. A lot of the best stuff we have, uh, a lot of the best interviews have are not on YouTube anymore. By the way, I I, I just want to say something to end everything with for you know, fun. Uh, under a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use, ban consumption of red meat, and impose extreme energy-saving measures. While fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling to avoid the scenario, we must overhaul our economic structures and do capitalism differently. And, and who is that? End. That is I, actually I'll, the WBCSD. All right, guys, you, you heard it there. Thank you so much for coming on today. Timandjohnshow.com, actual activists with an S.com, Spiro Protection, and Frank and Sky's movie. Take care. Thank you.